Welcome to Summit Community Church. We are so glad that you're here. This is a place where you can relax. We're going to worship God. This is our Christmas experience. This is Christmas in Hazard. Let's stand. Let's worship God. Glad that you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, good to see you in the house of the Lord. Testing. All right, we got that. Welcome to Christmas and Hazard. Y'all doing all right tonight? See a lot of new faces here. We just want to welcome everybody, except for that lady back there in the back. I seen you at Walmart on the Black Friday. I seen what you did. Anyway, when you come in today, you should have got a card. If you want to, just take your time, fill that out, turn it in at the end of the service out in the lobby at our welcome center. Well, they got a gift for you out there. It's oh so nice. But 
Just welcome to Christmas and Hazard. Have y'all ever seen a rap video in church? It's about to happen. Everybody take a look at this. Christmas and Hazard. Street in the dark when we seen a man chilling in Bobby Davis Park. We approached very slowly with a heart full of cheer because the man had a sign. Free milk and bread here. Then we was dealing because the snow was here. We had to get to Walmart, 12 o'clock was near. So we turned around and the man was gone, but he must have dropped his wallet smack down on the lawn. I picked the wallet up and then took a pause. The license on the front said Santa Claus. A million dollars in a coat, hundreds of G's. Enough to get some frojos and pizza with ease. But we'd never steal from Santa, cause that ain't right. So we was going home to mail it back to him that night. When we got home, we got buckets under the tree. Was a letter from Santa, some frojos for me. Yeah, boy. time in Hazard C. Mom birthed the chicken, so we at Circle T. Commodore's playing hard down at John C's, and Bulldog's hurting everyone they see. Decorate Hazard with light at night. Taco Bell drive through will give you a fright. Christmas in Hazard, keeping us warm as we celebrate the day that Jesus was born. Don't worry about the gifts up under the tree. Get up, Summer Church, let's hear you sing! Like a paper man. So open your eyes, lean us at ear. Wanna say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! Yeah, boy! Oh, oh, oh! Put your hands in the air, put your hands in the air, and wave them like you just don't care. Let me hear you say, oh, oh! Yeah. 
that's just big enough you might be able to hear me with that. I have to take Ricky's down because I have short girl problems. <coughs> so my name is Dana Hall. For those that don't know me, I am the uh, Next Steps Coordinator here at Summit. And uh, we are going to get ready to do our offering. So if all of my ushers can, can start taking their places. But before that, let's give another big round of applause to our students. Wasn't that wonderful? I'm sure that all of you are, are familiar with the story of Jesus' birth. And in that story, there's three characters. And they're the wise men. And they bring symbolic gifts to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. At Christmas, we give each other gifts. Some of those gifts have a lot of meaning. Some of them don't. But everything that you give here at Summit, it does have meaning. It has a lasting impact on the ever after. So let's pray. God, I thank you tonight for everyone here in this room tonight. I thank you for everybody that's, that's giving. I thank you for everyone that's at home that's been giving online. Uh, I pray for everybody that's coming to our 7 o'clock service. God, I pray that you use this offering in a way that, that it will bring people close to you and in ways that we would never imagine. God, thank you for the many gifts that you have blessed us with, the main gift being the, the birth of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come? Why did Jesus come? Jesus didn't come to give us rules. He didn't come to condemn us. He didn't come because he was angry at us. Jesus came to forgive us. He came to give us life. Jesus came to set us free. He came so we could have a second chance. He came because he loves us. He came for you. He came for you. Jesus came for you. He came for you. Jesus came for you. time for all the people that have worked so hard to make this happen. Man, our, our band and our students and, uh, and just everything that, man, people have literally, uh, people have literally been working for months uh, to make this happen. I know that the opening number that the band ha- did, they, they've been working on that since, I mean, I mean, they've been talking about that since the summer, honestly. And so, man, it's just a lot, a lot of work uh, to make this happen. And uh, I, just lo- I just love our church. I love the creativity in our church. I love the people that are just willing to work hard uh, in our church to do whatever it takes to share the gospel with people. And so we're going to have a good time uh, here. And I want to I pray for us. And, uh, and we're going to jump in just for a few minutes. All right, so let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for everybody that's here. And God, for people that, that God, this is their very first time in, in this church or in a church. And Father, I, I know it's Christmas and and. And God, church is just a part of what a lot of us do at Christmas. And so God, whether, whether church is what we do every week, whether church is like this is the first time we've done it in years, uh, it's no accident that we are here. It's no accident that we are in this seat. 
that we have come to this place. And it's because, God, you want to speak to us. So, Jesus, I pray that right now you would just calm our hearts and that, God, you would get all of our attention because, God, I think that you've got something tailor-made for every person in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let me ask you guys a question, and I want you to answer this question, okay, by raising your hand, okay? So I want you to, I want you some crowd participation That's what I'm looking for today. I want you to raise your hand. How many of you in here right now, there is something that you want or need for Christmas? Raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything in your neighborhood. Just raise your hand. There's something you want or need for Christmas. Okay, cool. A lot of hands going up. Y'all some needy people up in here today. That's awesome. So, so I don't know, man, I don't know what you need. Maybe, maybe a new phone. Anybody want, need a new phone for Christmas? Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. That's awesome. It's awesome. Go ahead and put your hands down. It's awesome. How about a new car? Anybody a new car? Okay. All right. Anybody need a date for Christmas? You just need a date. Put your hands up. All the desperate people. Just trying to help you out, desperate people. You should be looking. You should be looking, right? Get some numbers after this and that sort of thing, right? I, I remember, let's think about this. Let's think about, you know, um, Christmas and, and a lot of times we want things at Christmas. We need things at Christmas. I was thinking about this for me in my life. And when I think of a Christmas, when I wanted something, needed something, I think of Christmas 1985, Okay. Christmas 1985, because that was the year that the the Nintendo Entertainment System came out. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Right? Because listen to me, listen to me. Hey, are there any video, are there any gamers in the crowd? Gamers in the crowd, raise your hand. Gamers in the crowd, raise your hand. A lot of gamers are nice. Awesome. It's awesome. But listen, listen, listen. You guys, you guys have Call of Duty, and, and a lot of you, I know, my kids really play Minecraft a lot, so you got all kinds of little things, little games like that, but listen, 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 you need to know that my generation had real video games, okay? Now, see, people are clapping because they know, all right? Because listen, listen, if you think, oh, that dude on stage is crazy, listen, I just got to say one thing, Mike Tyson's punch out. See y'all next year, right? That, that's all I need to say. Contra. Where's Contra? Contra, right, right? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start, right? Anybody know that? 30 extra men, let's go now. Today, right? Right? She's like, hey, here's what I, man, I remember 1985 Christmas, Nintendo Entertainment System came out, and, and, and listen, I, I love Christmas, like my kids are little, and so I love Christmas right now, I love how excited they are, but man, when I was little, I did not sleep at Christmas at all, like I was so jacked up and fired up, and woo, you know, I was ready for Santa to come, and I was excited, so I woke up, I'm pretty sure I woke up that morning, 2 a.m., Right? 2 a.m., and I get out of bed, and I run into the living room in my Star Wars-footed pajamas, because I'm a Christian, and I love Jesus, and that's what you wear. Let me back up. Let me say this. Let me say this. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. See, because I didn't know how this was going to turn out. Here's why it's a problem. Because I did not ask for a Nintendo Entertainment System that year. My friends did. My cousins did. I did not. And so I went to bed that night knowing I should have thought this through better. You know what I'm saying? Like I should have, I mean, Santa, Santa should have looked at me. If Santa really was checking his list, knows my knees, checking it twice his list, he should have looked at me and said, Mark, think it through, brother. Think it through, right? Because I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. So, so I didn't know. So I get up and run into the living room and there under the tree in all of its eight-bit glory a Nintendo Entertainment System. And listen, I can stand on this stage. I mean, I've already wrapped up on this stage tonight. So I can tell you that, listen, there was a party at my house at 2 a.m. Like I was screaming, freaking out. Like I was excited because what I wanted, what I needed, there it was. And here's what I want to do. I just, I just want to take a couple of minutes of your time today. I know it's Christmas season. You're really busy. But I just want you to know one thing today. I just want you to take away one thing. So you can tell people what we're talking about. You can tweet what we're talking about. You can Facebook, Instagram what we're talking about. I want you to know just one thing today. And here it is. I want you to know today that Jesus came to give you what you need. I want you to know that Jesus, let me say it again, Jesus came to give you, talking to all of, all of y'all, everybody in the house. Jesus came to give you what you need. 
And see, we hear that, see, we hear that and we need to be careful because Jesus didn't come to give us when we say what we need. Jesus didn't come to give us new phones, new cars, video games. And hey, you know what? Let's be honest. And listen, some of you in the room right now, because there's a lot of people in this room and you never know what people are really going through. There's a lot of you in this room, a new car would be nice and maybe a new phone would be nice, but that is not what you need. Because there's enough people in this room right now and you're in the middle of a situation today and what you need is help. What you need is is direction. You're in a financial situation. You're in a relationship situation. There's something going on in your life, and the cars and the phones and all the bells and whistles, things we might unwrap, that would be nice. But what you need is something deeper. And what I want us to know tonight is that Jesus came to give you what you need. So maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe your church is new and you're like, man, I don't don't know if Jesus came to give me. I've never heard anything like that. And listen, Mark, if you don't know the decisions that I made last night, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't come to do anything for me. Okay, well, listen, if if that's you tonight, then I want to just for a few minutes maybe change the way you think about Christmas and why Jesus came. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Mark chapter 2. Go ahead and open it up, turn it on on your phone to Mark chapter 2. Two, Mark chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 15 all the way down to verse 17. And let me just introduce some characters that we're going to uh, see in this story. This is Jesus and his 12 disciples. Now, if you're new to the Bible, new to church, the disciples are basically Jesus' posse. All right, that's who it is. Twelve guys that Jesus invested in. He spent most of his ministry, in fact, all of his ministry with those guys. And so it's Jesus and his twelve disciples, and then another group that we will talk about in a moment. Watch this. Jesus uh, in Mark chapter 2 says this. And as he, that's Jesus, as Jesus reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, and the scribes of the Pharisees. The scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Stop right there for a second. See, if you're new to the Bible, or maybe this whole thing is new, like a lot of characters, here's what you need to know. When you see the word Pharisees in the Bible, those are the bad guys of the Bible, okay? Those are the bad guys of the Bible, but, but the irony is they should have been really the good guys. Because in Jesus' day, everybody thought that the Pharisees knew who God was. I mean, they were the most religious people. Everybody, if you ask anybody in Jesus' day, if there's anybody in your city who knows God, who is it? Probably a lot of people would have said it's, it's the Pharisees. I mean, these guys were supposed to be the people that knew God, walked with God, were the closest to God. But instead, what happens is the Pharisees were the bad guys because the Pharisees thought they were better than other people. The Pharisees looked at people and they said, you know what, we're better than you. We dress better than you. You've got problems, we've got our act together. You're a mess, we always make good decisions. We know God, God wouldn't want anything to do with you. They were religious jerks. You ever met any? Right? I mean, let's be honest, the people I'm describing right now, some of you church isn't really your deal, and you barely came tonight because you had those people in mind. Right? You had those people in mind and you're thinking, hey, listen, I've done the church thing. I've been burned by the church thing, to be honest. And what you have in mind are Pharisees. And so the Pharisees knew promises that God would one day send a Savior to the world. The Old Testament is filled with promises about how God would do that one day. And the Pharisees, because they did know the Old Testament, they knew that God was going to one day send a Messiah. And here's what they thought. They thought he'll probably be just like us. He'll probably look down on other people. He'll probably talk like we do and dress like we do. But here's the problem with Jesus. Jesus never fits into anyone's expectations. And so Jesus comes, and they hear everybody saying, this is the Messiah, this is the Messiah. And the Pharisees follow Jesus around, and Jesus is always hanging out with messy people. He's always hanging out 
with broken people. And so the Pharisees go up to Jesus' disciples and they say, why, if this guy's the Messiah, why is he always with messy people? Why is he always with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus hears what they say and answers the question. Watch this. Let's continue to read. Jesus says this in verse 17. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came. Why did Jesus come? We just talked about that in the video. Why did he come? Why did Jesus come? I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Oh my goodness, that last phrase is massive. Can we read it one more time? I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus came to give you, to give me, to give all of us what we need. And if you're taking notes, you're keeping score at home, I want you to remember this. Jesus came to give us what we need, and what we need is a Savior. Jesus came to give us what we need, and what we need the most is a Savior. You say, Mark, why in the world do I need a Savior the most? I mean, look at, the, look at the world we live in, Mark. Look at all of the stuff we've got. Look at all the bells and whistles and the shiny things. Look at all the upgrades that are available. Mark, out of everything that I could need, that I do need, you're telling me that I need the most is a Savior. Why do I need a Savior the most? I'm glad you asked. Let, let's, let's think about it this. Let's think about this for a second. Um, there is a reason, okay? There's a reason. Watch this. There's a reason right now we're at the iPhone 6 Plus. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why we're at the iPhone 6 Plus. There's a reason why Apple didn't make the first generation iPhone and say, man, we nailed that bad boy. Boom, drop the mic, walk off stage. Right? They didn't look at the first generation iPhone and think, we never need to make an upgrade. This thing is absolutely perfect. This thing will never need improvements. No, ever since the first generation, every, every year we get a new one, and next year we'll get another new one. Why? Because you need to know this. What we can get in the world will satisfy us for a season, but eventually we need another fix. So no more money is what we need. You know what? You can get more money. And have you ever noticed that the people with the most money are the most unhappy? There's a reason why the Kardashians are so messed up. Amen? Right? It's because you can climb that ladder and you can be well known and you can, ha- you can get the American dream and all of a sudden find that you were made for more than the American dream. See, the reality is that there is no one in this room who is going to unwrap anything at Christmas that can satisfy the void in your soul. No one will. I love what Jim Carrey said. Jim Carrey's not a Christian, to the best of my knowledge, he's not. Any Jim Carrey fans in the house, you know who Jim Carrey is? I love what Jim Carrey said. Look at this quote here. Jim Carrey said this. He said, I wish that everyone could get rich and famous and have, and have everything they ever dreamed, dreamed of so they can see that's not the answer. See, Jesus came to give us what we need. And what we need is a Savior. And the reason we need a Savior is because we need to be rescued. We need to be rescued. See, if Christmas proves anything to us, it's that we can't do for ourselves what we need done the most, namely, save ourselves. I mean, let's be honest for a second. Let's talk for a second. Let's, talk, let's just talk, talk honest for just a second. Have you ever got yourself in a mess that you can't get yourself out of? Right? You ever got yourself in a mess you can't get yourself out of? My, I, I got three kids. Got a, uh, got an 8-year-old, uh, a 9-year-old, 8-year-old, and a, and a 3-year-old. Our 3-year-old, her name is Chloe, and we are, we are on the finish line. We passed the finish line of potty training her, okay? So we, you know, we've pretty much got that bad boy nailed, slayed, and all that stuff. But, but Chloe, if you know my littlest girl, she is very independent, okay? Like Chloe is, right now, she's probably convinced she could drive home if she wanted to, okay? She's three people, all right? She's just real independent. And, and there were times when we knew she needed to go to the bathroom, right? You know, like, you know when you're potty training your kids, and you know they don't want to go to the bathroom, they're in the middle of something, and then they start doing the potty dance. You know the potty dance? Do I need to show? Potty dance this. That's potty dance. That's potty dance. So she's doing the potty dance, and then we finally get her to go to the bathroom, and she's like, I don't need your help. Don't need your help. So, so we're like, all right, all right. So a lot of times she'll, a lot of times she'll go in there by, she was going in there by herself. She'd shut the door behind her, because in her mind, she doesn't need any help. But every once in a while, 
we would hear this out of the bathroom. Every once in a while, I hear this come out of the bathroom. Dad, can you help me? Dad, help. And every time I heard, Dad, can you help? I knew that somehow my little girl had exploded poop out of every hole in her body. I mean, it was going to be everywhere. Like there was a mess up in our bathroom, you know? And, and when she screamed that, what she was saying is this, I've made a mess that I can't get out of. Have you ever been there? Some of you, that's what you're going home to tonight, a mess that you don't think you can get out of. You felt stuck all year long. You've applied for job after job, but you can't get that job. You, you, you give and you give and you give in that relationship, and all you get back is the cold shoulder. It doesn't seem like you can't catch a break. You just got your pink slip. You thought you were going to get that promotion. You deserved that promotion. Somebody that didn't deserve that promotion got it instead of you. And you feel like you're in a mess that you can't get out of. Or maybe, maybe you're just looking at your life and you've got it all together and everybody looks and they think that you've made it. But deep down you know there's got to be more. And see, that's the human condition that the Bible calls sin. That's the human condition that the Bible calls sin. And the Bible says that we've all sinned. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you can think of sin in a couple of different ways. Sin is when we do what God says not to do. It's when we live for things other than God. And so the Bible says that we've all sinned. And what that means is that we all need to be rescued. And so I just want to say to you tonight that no matter what the mess is that you walk in here with, no matter what the decision is that you made last night, no matter what the problem is you're facing right now, I don't know how stuck you might feel tonight, but if you are here tonight and you need to be rescued, rescue is available and his name is Jesus. It's available right now. Right now rescue is available for you. Or you, or you know what? You might be listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I don't need to be rescued. Man, I just came looking for some Christmas activities. Man, I got my, I got my act together. I, I, I don't need to be rescued. I'm not in a mess. Everything in my life is going exactly the way that it should go. I've climbed the corporate ladder. I, I don't even know if I could make any more money. I've got the nicest house in my neighborhood. I'm the most athletic kid in my student. I've got the highest GPA. I've, I've gotten accepted to so many schools. My problem is I don't know where I'm going to go. Mark, you're talking tonight to people who are in a mess. That's great. I'm sure, that's for a lot of people. But Mark, I am not in a mess. And if that's you tonight, that's great. But I want you to know you won't stay there forever. You won't stay there forever because the athleticism that you have, you will lose one day. The status that you have, you will lose one day. Everything that you have and you've acquired, you will lose one day. I was there. I was there. I, I, I didn't grow up in church. Didn't believe in God. When I was 18 years old, senior in high school, 1996, when I was a senior in high school, a really good friend of mine, her name was Mary Catherine, she was in a car accident and she got killed. And the day she died, I gave my life to Christ. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She was one of the most popular students in our school. And I'm looking at this crowd tonight and several of you, I went to high school with you and you know exactly what I'm talking about. She was well known. She was well loved. She, she, her, the future, she had everything in front of her. If you looked on her calendar, you know what was on her calendar? Graduation was on her calendar. Prom was on her calendar. A car accident was not on her calendar. And the only reason I bring that up is because the Bible says that life is a vapor. What's that mean? You're good for a second and you can lose it just like that. And hey, you know what? If you don't lose it in this life, we will all stand, stand before God one day. Every single one of us is going to stand in front of God. And listen to me for just a second. When you and I, when we all stand before God, it won't matter if we were a good person. It won't matter if we went to church every single Sunday. It won't matter if our granddad was a preacher and our daddy was a deacon and our mommy taught Sunday school. What will matter, the question that God will ask us is, did Jesus 
rescue you? Was there a point in your life where you looked at your life and you knew that what you needed more than anything else was Jesus to step into your life? Did Jesus rescue you? I don't know. Wrong answer. Maybe wrong answer. What's the right answer? You need to know that the right answer is only and always yes. And oh man, I love you so much tonight. I just want you to know that if you don't know if the answer tonight is yes, if you don't know, say, Mark, I don't know if I could say that. I want you to know we did everything we did tonight for you so that you could leave in just a minute knowing your answer is yes, you've been rescued. So how? How can I be rescued? What do I got to do? Mark, what's the fine print? What's the bottom line? Mark, Mark, do I have to go to church for like three months before I can get rescued by Jesus? No. No. Mark, Mark, do I have to clean up my language, stop cussing first before Jesus can rescue me? No. No. Mark, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Tell me, Mark, what do I need to do so that Jesus can rescue me? You already know what to do. Because when you are in a situation you can't get out of, you cannot get yourself out, what is the only thing you can do? Cry out for help. Cry out for somebody to come and save you. If you're drowning and you can't swim and you can't get out of the current that's got you trapped, the only thing you can do in that moment is to cry out and to say, Someone help! And the Bible, there's a book in the Bible called Romans. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, there's two verses, and I love these verses. If you come to Summit, you hear them almost every week. I love these verses because it says this. It says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. What's that mean? If you say, God, help me, I need to be rescued. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead. I believe with my heart that my only rescuer is Jesus. So I'm crying out, Jesus, rescue me because I believe right now. Some of you, man, God's working in your heart and you've never tracked with anything like this, but something's happening deep inside of you and you're really paying attention and you're like, Mark, I don't know what's happening inside of me, but I feel like I need to be rescued. And if that's you tonight, it's God. God is speaking to you. God is working on you. And God is saying, today is the day you get rescued. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. We will be rescued. Say, Mark, you don't know what I did last night. You, you, don't, you, don't know, you don't know the mess I'm in. You don't know the decisions that I made. Mark, listen, if anybody in this room is far from God, it is me. I'm addicted. I'm an addict. I break everything I touch. I just keep sleeping around looking for something that's going to fill this void inside of me. Mark, you got to be talking to other people because I'm too much of a mess. I am so far from God tonight. Let me ask you something. I don't know if everybody could see this. What is this right here? He set Joseph up, he fell. Set up, Joe. There we go. Look up, look up. You're in the spotlight. I'm going to lean him back. Joe's had a hard day. What is this right here? No one knows, which says you need to get out more. What is that? They're like, I don't know. It's a test. I hate tests. Starts with an N, ends with a tivity set. <laughs> it's a nativity set. There we go. Yes. Yes. You ever seen, who's seen a nativity set before? Raise your hand. Awesome. Look at that. See, I knew you. I, I knew you guys were awesome. All right. Every nativity set comes with the same thing, doesn't it? Have you noticed this? Every nativity set, everyone you see, it doesn't matter where you see it, when you see it, every nativity set comes with the same thing. It comes with Joseph that won't stand up. It comes with Mary. It comes with a tiny baby Jesus. And then it comes with some other, other characters. Come, comes with some other characters. And every, every nativity set comes with these three guys. Anybody know who these three guys are? You tell me. Those are the three wise men. Now, now, what do we know about the three wise men? Well, they were wise. It's in the title. Right? Right? We don't know they're wise. Smart dudes. Wise men. Three wise men. Hey, do you know who the three wise men were? They were astrologers. Which meant they worshipped the moon. 
They worship the moon and stars. And so when, when that, when, on Christmas night when Jesus is born and all that, and it leads them to where Jesus is, you know what they were doing? They were not having a Bible study. They were not at church like you good people are tonight. They were out worshiping the moon. I mean, those guys, the three wise men, they were literally astrologers. They didn't want anything to do with a God if there was one. They worshiped the universe. They worshiped themselves. They were off worshiping the moon. They, did, they weren't looking for God. They didn't want anything to do with God. If there was anyone far from God, it was the wise men. And yet, where are the wise men in every nativity set? Where are they? Right there. They're off worshiping the moon, doing their own thing, living their own life, making their own mess. Is that anybody in here before you came tonight? And church wasn't your deal, and you were doing your own thing, and yeah, maybe you were even a good person, but you weren't really interested or looking for God. But you know what? The wise men weren't looking for God, but God was looking for the wise men. And you came not looking for God tonight, but God was looking for you. If you would have asked the wise men, do you think you're near to God tonight? They would have said, no, but the reality is they were closer to God than they thought they were. But see, every nativity set, not only does it come with the wise men, it also comes with shepherds. Let me tell you a little bit about shepherds. Shepherds hung out with sheep, hence the name, shepherds. But, but she's like, well, duh. Here, here's why that's important. Sheep stink. Shepherds smell like sheep which meant nobody wanted to hang out with shepherds because they smelled like the sheep. They, they, were, they were dirty. You know what? Shepherds, they were the losers in their society. No one knew their name. Nobody even wanted to know their name. They were dirty. They were outcasts. They were marginalized. They were with the sheep, which meant they smelled like sheep. They looked a little like sheep, to be honest. And you know what? We just don't want anything to do with them. We don't even know their name. We really don't even know they're alive. We don't want anything to do with shepherds, and maybe that's you. You don't feel like anybody in your school knows you're alive. You don't feel like anybody in the world knows you're alive. I want you to know God knows you're alive, and he brought you here tonight, and it is no accident that anyone is in this seat tonight. Because what you need to know is if you feel far from God tonight, people, everyone in here, we are closer to God than we think we are. See, Mark, I'm so far from God, I've made so many bad decisions. No, 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 you are closer to God right now in this moment than you have ever been in your life. And right now, tonight, in this room, is your opportunity to be rescued. Right now, Jesus is ready and willing and able to rescue anyone in this room. What do I need to do? You just cry out to him tonight. You just cry out to him for forgiveness. And so don't push it off. Oh, I need to do that, but I'll do it later. Who says that you get a later? You don't know if you get a later, but you've got a right now. And if you are in this seat tonight, if you are in this room, and you don't know if you could look at God and say, God, I know Jesus has rescued me. If you are in this room tonight, and then you know deep down there's got to be more, there's something missing in your life, I am telling you that this could be the Christmas that's unlike any other Christmas, because this could be the Christmas when Jesus Christ steps out of heaven and into your heart. And all you've got to do is cry out to him tonight. I'm telling you, this is your time. This is your moment. Don't let it go by. Seize it. Cry out. And when you cry out, there is rescue. Because that's why I came. Would you pray with me? No one is looking around. No one is moving. Jesus, right now we just come to you and we thank you that Christmas is how you came to rescue us. Christmas is a rescue mission and we are people who need to be rescued. And God, I know that in this audience tonight, I don't know where a lot of people are or where they've been, but God, you love us. You, you didn't come to condemn us. You didn't come because you were angry at us. You came, Jesus, so that we could be rescued. 
And I believe there are people in this audience tonight. I believe there's children and teenagers and men and women, and they need to be rescued by you. And so, Jesus, right now, would you fill this room with faith? And would you fill this room with courage? And, God, I pray that for anybody that needs to cry out to you to be rescued, I pray they would do it tonight. They would make the biggest decision that they have ever made tonight. They would not push that decision off because of the excuse, what will people think about me? Or, or what if I mess up? I pray, Jesus, they would just come as they are tonight. This is their time. This is the moment. Rescue is available. And Father, I pray that people would reach out and, and receive rescue tonight. Is that you tonight? Listen, if you're here tonight and you are in the crowd and you're sitting there in the seat and something's going on deep inside of you, God is speaking deep into your heart saying, today's the day I need to be rescued. Or man, you know that you're in a mess that you can't get yourself out of. I want to tell you tonight that if you give your life to Jesus, Jesus will not take away all the problems in your life, but you can leave knowing that you will never go through a problem again alone. Instead, everything you will ever walk through in your life, Jesus will walk through it with you. So this is your moment. This is your opportunity. And here's what I'm going to do. If you're here today and you say, I want Jesus to rescue me. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want to give him my life tonight. Tonight, I want to be rescued. If today you need to make that decision, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, don't hesitate. Don't look around. Don't worry if what people are thinking about you. The room is dark. The lights are down. No one's looking anyway. But if you need to make that decision that you need Jesus to rescue you, as soon as I count to three, don't even wait. Shoot your hand up. Don't even wait. Just raise your hand. Say, I need Jesus to rescue me tonight. Today is the day when I am crossing the line of faith. I am making that decision. I want Jesus to save me. As soon as I count to three, don't you push it off. Take advantage of it. Reach out and receive rescue. His name is Jesus, and he loves you, and he is ready and able to save. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if you say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life and to rescue me. I want Jesus to save me. Raise your hand right now. If you're making that decision, raise your hand tonight. Because what I want to say, if you are making that decision, I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me. If you are making that decision, I want you to know you are making the biggest decision of your life. You just made the biggest decision that you could have ever made. And here's what I want you to know. When you walked in tonight, we gave you a card. We call that our connection card. On the back of that card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. I want you to check that box before you leave. And, and Jesus wants you to tell people the decision that you've made. So in just a few moments, there's going to be volunteers that fill this room. And they're, they're going to have baskets, all kinds of things. Take that card and drop it off. Take that card, drop it off in the basket if you are making that decision. If today you want Jesus to rescue you, on the back of that card, check that box that says, I'm giving my life to Christ. And give that card in as you leave today. I tell you what, we've got a free gift that we want to give to every person that's making that decision. We've got a Bible and a green book for you called Seek First. So grab one of those on your way out today. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for Jesus that he came to rescue. We thank you that rescue is available. We thank you that Jesus is alive. And Jesus, we give you all the praise and the glory, God, for what you've done in this room. Thank you for new faces. Thank you for people who, who came here tonight and maybe they responded to that invite they've been getting all year long. Father, I pray that, God, what's happened here tonight, the seed that's been planted, it would just stay and it would grow. And, God, it would lead to a lifetime of following you. Jesus, thank you for how you're at work in our church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Summit, let's give God praise for tonight. Let's give God praise for everything that he did. Thank God for this opportunity. And let me just say this. I know there's a lot of first-time guests. Let me just mention this really quick. If you're a first-time guest, we've got a free gift for you. It's out there in the lobby, the Welcome Center to the right. 
take that connection card. You're a first-time guest. Take it out there. We've got a free gift for you. We'd love to connect with you. And I think Santa Claus is here somewhere in the building. Give it up for Santa Claus, ladies and gentlemen. Santa Claus is in the house. It's Santa! Santa, ladies and gentlemen. And so, so we are uh, going to do free pictures with Santa. So if your kids want to be a part of that, if you want to be a part of that, we're going to do that right here in the front uh, immediately after the service. Give us just a minute to get that ready. But Santa is here. Free pictures with him are going to take place right here. So we can li- you can begin to line up down this aisle right here. Hey, guys, you are dismissed. Love to see you guys back here next Sunday, 11 o'clock for our regular service. Thanks, guys. See you later.
Dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen, comet and cupid and donner and blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer. 